This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Today's show is sponsored by Lending Club. It's easier than going to the bank and offers lower rates than higher interest credit cards. Just head over to lendingclub.com slash badchristian today and check your rate for free. Here we go. You are now entering the Bad Christian Podcast. Three, two, one. Doom, boom, 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 There were three bad men riding in town. Bad Christian Podcast. And they were gonna gun good men down. Bad Christian Podcast. <laughs> Pow, pow, pow. <laughs> we like Jesus and guns, bad Christian. What are we, is that a Western? Yeah, I'm doing that country music stuff. So That's more know. like Western soundtrack to a Magnificent Seven movie. Though, I'm an outlaw. I like that. I'm an outlaw, man. Yeah. I don't know if you knew that about me, but uh, I do things not like normal people. Mm-hmm. And so I, I, I do all kinds of crazy stuff. And one of them is be a cowboy. Very good. Very good. Okay, so what are we going to get in today, gentlemen? Joey, I'm talking to you. You don't have your head. Okay, we started the podcast eight seconds ago. Joey has his headphones off and is talking to his kid. Go ahead. Yeah. Thank you, Matt, for the fat, flat Stanley. Okay, the well, fat now, Stanley. now I feel bad because I am a hero. I, I did do the flat Stanley Matt, what is a Joey. flat Stanley? What did you do? I to, spoke about it on the podcast. You're welcome, William, or Waylon, or Rosa, or whoever that is. <laughs> um <laughs> I did do Joey's Flat Stanley Project, but I'm going to tell you a secret. Joey, can I tell him the secret about the Flat Stanley Project? Yeah, go ahead. Okay. Can I tell him the secret? No. Yeah, no, no, said, no. It, can I disclose on air? Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. I th- <laughs> <laughs> oh, here's what I think is so funny about that is we sent it to don't Uncle stop Matt. Stop it. Because- gonna, you, no, you're going to have to let me explain it and don't, don't go, go out of order it. here. I'll, I'll tell the people what's going on so you don't confuse them if you don't mind. Yeah, you're but definitely you, you a better storyteller than me. No, I'm not trying to I always get a right good storyteller. I'm just trying to make exactly people not be lost is the only goal I have. No, I did, and first of all, Flat Stanley is a school project where you take this cutout thing, you ship it across the country or to somebody you know, and they take pictures of it and fill the stuff out. And the thing has been on a trip, and he yep. gets to tell his classmates, like show and tell, except for involves, you know, a lot of work for a lot of other people <laughs> other than the student or teacher that that do it in the classroom. So Joey, so William sent me this really sweet thing that of uh flat stanley i'm supposed to take him around and they said he wanted to get pictures of him at space needle and mount rainier and all these things in seattle and i'm like my gosh that sounds like a lot of work i'm gonna drive first of all you had to ship it across the country and then i've got to get it now i've got to drive all over the pacific northwest right. i mean this is these are that's serious business for somebody somebody else's homework uh assignment <laughs> i thought but and i didn't do that great a job with it you know me i kept it too long uh, it was way past the day, and I was like, oh, shit, I still didn't do that yet. I took some pictures with on the tour bus. I took in this nice studio where I work. I thought that's great flat Stanley pictures. I took it at Reva's desk. I took some on the Emory tour bus that I had around. These are all things that were, you know, close to me. Your kids? I took some with my kids. kids. 
And then I sent, I got the thing. I sent it back um, to Joey. I felt pretty good about myself for doing it. And then as soon as Joey got it back, he's like, where's the Space Needle? Where's my Rainier? <laughs> I was like, are you fucking serious right now? Are you serious? I, oh, come, are you, I didn't know if he was, I felt bad because I didn't want to go do that work. I had no intention of driving, parking, going up Space right. Needle, driving to Mount. I wasn't going to do that. Even, I wasn't going to do that stuff. Um and but I guess I guess the the kid really did want that. Maybe he really did want the space needle. So here's what, <laughs> so Joey sent that in a text or email back, and I think it was on the email that Reva was on. Or I don't know what it was, but this is true. I was like, all right, how can I? What could I do here? And I said, uh, I said, let me see if I can figure something out. And I came into the office and I said, and Reva I think had seen this thread or something. I said, hey Reva. I think I'm gonna need your help with some Photoshop here in a minute. And I said, I think I need your help with the project. She's like, I know what it is. <laughs> and so, <laughs> so me and Reva photoshopped Flat Stanley at the Space Needle on a bunch of. That was perfect. <laughs> it was perfect, man. And That's I just found idea. other Flat Stanley. I searched Flat Stanley Google images and found Flat Stanleys with people that had done the work of getting to the Space Needle and posing <laughs> and doing all this stuff. And I just re- photoshopped out our. Fl- Flat Stanley put it in over there, so then get that picture to William. See, that is so interesting to me, and that, I want to I, I want to take this opportunity actually to do ask Toby some questions about Matt because there's a podcast that I've actually been assigned to listen to episodes because old Darren Patrick is at Seacoast and he is walking the campus pastors through Enneagram stuff. So we're going through a book. We're listening to typology podcast episodes, and so I listen. So wait, to, hold on one second. We've yeah. we've begged you for years to please listen to podcasts, but your other job that doesn't involve podcasts now, now is, Patrick gives has given you an assignment, you an assignment and you're all over it. Yeah. Enough to where you even to have podcasts. questions. I listen to podcasts. Okay. Move no, on. No. Move on. That was a failed joke. I listen to podcasts. You son of a bitch. No, Which one? Was a successful. Which job. one? I listen to Bible for normal people. Move on. <laughs> All Christians. We got it. We got it. <laughs> Bible for normal people and whatever Christians. Other what do we do in the future? To listen to. I that. love Peter. Theology in the raw. Right. Uh, what else? Uh, Jen Hatmaker. No, uh, so <laughs> basically, Matt now he listens is to the on... Neil deGrasse Tyson cosmic queries. <laughs> Matt is on uh, typology, and so, uh, so I was podcast, listening to it. And first of all, Matt was <laughs> very entertaining, and the awesome. guys even started the episode off by saying, "Man, when Matt gets off the call here, we both die laughing because they just thought this was the most wonderful guest they've ever had on here." <laughs> but here's what's here's what's crazy. So Matt goes on there as a skeptic skeptic of the Enneagram. And so obviously this guy feels like part of his job is to convince Matt that there is something to it. But throughout the podcast, it was very intriguing because I could tell this guy was trying to get to the bottom of Matt and he was asking Matt all these questions. And then at the end of the episode, he basically says, look, I I don't feel like it's my place to assign a number to you, but I would would encourage you to think about the number seven. Those of you that are in the Enneagram, you know what the number seven is. But I don't even want to talk about a lot of that, Toby. I want to ask you some questions about how Matt answered some of these questions because I think you probably know Matt more than anybody else, even Bridget. So you've spent more time with Matt than Bridget has, I think. probably true. So uh, here's some things that came out, and I'm like, I'm not sure about that. I'm going to have to ask Toby. Uh, Matt said that he can stop himself and I just listened to this episode, so Matt, oh, no boy. arguing with I'm what you pr- said. I'm probably okay, but before you say anything, I said 
I, I don't know. I was probably making it up or lying or just trying no, to be entertaining. No, I, mean, you, I can tell you were being honest. <laughs> no you were trying to work with this guy. And I, oh, oh, and one thing that I thought, listen to this, I was like, I want this guy to do the same I thing say. with Toby. Like, I've got to hear Toby on this show having the same questions asked. But anyway. I'll just keep calling him a liar. And I, <laughs> what is this bullshit? <laughs> so, Toby, Matt said that he can stop himself from being sad. I've uh, seen Matt I mean, sad about stuff, and I don't, ex- don't take that to the extreme. Of course, I don't mean it in its most extreme capacity. Yeah, okay. I'll say this: I believe that, and the reason why is because I think I can do that too. And I think Matt, I've probably seen it a few times. Yes, I think I think Matt can work same way as he won't acknowledge being sick. He feels like he can't if he acknowledges he's sad for some reason. So I think now, if he if you're talking about like is dog passing away or something right. that that is not just being sad that's grieving and stuff like that but sadness is it so like a general the general feeling of sadness that's not based on anything tragic he can just say yeah nah, not gonna do yeah. that yeah i can but most of the time i can't okay like right How about now doing he, this with you is i'm really sad i can't pull myself right. out of it <laughs> so matt matt readily and, and and just for the record by the way everything matt was saying i was like yeah i believe him i've worked with him pretty closely and i think he's being honest but i want to ask toby so to, uh matt readily admitted that people see him as kind of a bulldozer uh personality kind of runs over people and matt says I can see how people see that, but I he, he said, I don't want to dominate people. I'm trying to help them because I want them, you know, basically to flourish. And if I have an inclination that I'm right, I'm going to try and get them to believe it, but I'm not trying to dominate them. Now, do you think Matt ever tries to dominate for the sake of domination? <laughs> well, you can't say a word like ever because, of course, there's going to be some time I do that. So anyway, go ahead. Yes, sometimes like, and it's probably not exclusive to me, but I'm probably one of the strongest personalities pushback. Even if I'm wrong, I'll, I'll fight to the end. So you know what I mean? So that like, I might not know I'm wrong, but I'm saying I'll fight whatever. So I, I definitely, there are times where Matt just wants to win an argument or something like that. But I would say he uses a really good tactic here. Matt talks a ton and portrays that he's seemingly unaware that somebody else is talking or whatever it might be. And so he keeps talking and that's a little bit endearing. Like, oh man, this guy just has a million ideas and all this stuff. I can't even keep up. And it wears you out. Eventually you're like, shit, I'll just listen. I don't, what am I going to do? Good Lord, he's been talking forever. How am I going to come back in? But Matt's tactic is, and this is true, people don't really feel dominated or, or steamrolled by him, maybe is the right word, because his tactic, and I think it's real and honest, he always is also on your side. The reason he's trying to Thank win you. an argument or whatever is to help you see what he believes to be true. Now, he might be wrong. There are tons yeah, of totally. times where Matt is wrong, and that ends up coming across a little bit like steamrolling or is, but his goal is that he is on your side, and he's trying to get you to the better end. That's exactly yeah. how I feel. I was thinking about this before. Pay Usually, me fucking $50. <laughs> <laughs> when I am arguing with somebody, it drives me crazy because I think there's two sides of the argument. It's not what I want and what they want. Right. It's what I want for them, and they don't know anything. That's right. what it always feels like. Like I want something for you. You don't have even a you don't have a differing position from me. But I'm trying to right. help you here. And I know that's right. I know that's condescending or wrong and all those things. But that's is how it feels. It feels like my side is a side. Your side is I don't know. I hadn't thought about it. 
<laughs> well, also, and I don't I want mean, to think about the, it or change that. So I think that's a strength. So most people continue to engage with you while you're talking. Your biggest weakness is even if you are right, that can still mean <laughs> you are wrong. Just because somebody's doing it differently that's than right. you think or whatever, it, you might be right. Yours might be the most efficient, best possible way. But if you you can do something differently than that and it still work and maybe even be better in other ways that you didn't think of. I often want more for people than they want for themselves as a way to put it. All right, so once again, I'm the type of guy that gives people the benefit of the doubt, and so this wasn't an this this wasn't hard for me to believe. Matt, I really when he don't said this. care for these Instagram personality things either. I, think I know you don't, but I, I'm, I'm actually interested. In I'm actually interested in your response. Yeah, I forgot here. what type but, I was. I mean, I think it's just the next know. step of I'm introverted, I'm extroverted, like all that stuff. I feel like it's just you want. That's to why be you that, need so to go on the show. Be. That's what I did. Well, Matt, were you blowing smoke up that guy's ass when you said that you are less skeptical? Maybe. <laughs> I mean, I had to make his podcast work. I had to go along with it somewhat. I couldn't just like, nope. I can't sit there so and Toby, nope for 45 uh, minutes. This, this, is, this is something <laughs> I mean, said. He, he did convince me of some stuff. Like, you, you heard where it wound up, me saying, listen, I understand and agree that self-reflection is fine. I hate diagnosisness over diagnosis and self-identity and relishing in your identity and reinforcing the things that's wrong with me. I'm a kind of person that just has to cause conflict because I tell the truth. It means that you get an excuse for being an asshole. I don't like that stuff. I don't think it's good. However, to be genuinely reflective of your behavior and what motivates you is good, especially as it pertains to when you see the negative part of it, but not when it gives you excuses for stuff and makes you feel good about your bad qualities, which is how people misuse those kinds of things. But no, I don't really care about my type, and I've forgotten since the interview whatever it was that we arrived at. So uh, this is this is a question where I guarantee you almost any listener who doesn't know who Matt is, they're like, oh, this guy is bullshitting, or he has such deeply rooted blind spots. The guy asked Matt, do people see you as self-inflated and superior? And Matt's answer was yes, but they are reading me wrong. (laughs) (laughs) That's true. Toby, this this Instagram started to win me over. (laughs) (laughs) I might have been wrong. Nailed it. Uh, I I do believe that there is an air of uh, confidence that Matt has that he feels. He always says, you know, oh, yes, I'm wrong all the time, but he probably does lean towards he's right, I'm right more than more he is wrong. Than and wrong, there yes. is a, it's, it's not an air of uh, superiority. I don't think he thinks of himself like a superior to other people, but he values uh, that, that not even like, it, it, he doesn't need it for like fame or whatever. Like he's super smart, all that stuff. He values it in his personal brain. Like there's a compartment there that's like, yeah. I was right here. I did this, or this is good, or I understand them better than they understand themselves. There's a little compartment there that's not superiority. It's I don't maybe come across like I'm better than think I'm better than people and stuff like that. I don't think, but or I don't mean to. If so, I think you misread me, but that's all right. No, I don't think you're. Yeah, so maybe I disagree. Then I don't think you think you're better than people. Yeah. That's not what I'm saying. But you think you are. A, let's say better than people sounds like you're condescending to them. You do think you are better in lots of ways. <laughs> Yeah. But not in a not in a comparative. They're shitty. You're good. That's yeah. In certain yeah. things, but man, my gosh, you can't find anybody else more things. willing to admit. There's whole disciplines of human interactions that just man, I have so no good. clue about and are way over my head that I'm missing entirely. How would you not end up a preacher? <laughs> you're a wonderful person. 
Well, he and and here here's where I was just like, gosh, there's got to be some truth to this because this guy was telling Matt how his Enneagram makeup made him like a very loyal, protective person and all that stuff. And I'm telling you, the examples that started coming in my head, like how Matt had my back when I could have gone to jail for yeah. prank calling, and Matt stood his ground and said, I'm not telling you who made these calls. There's no way I knew, no way I could know we have parties at our house. And he knew damn well that that was me that made prank phone calls all the way to, I know this this one. That one was me versus the dean of our college and the police chief, by yeah, the way. Yeah, and the police chief. So that was very <laughs> loyal and protective. And Matt, I'm sorry, but sometimes I talk to you on the phone and you have said stuff like, it keeps you up at night thinking about uh, bad Christians' finances and how it affects me and Toby. Like, Why wouldn't it? I don't, that's very loyal and protective like that is there's no way of saying that's not protective of me and toby well you, i mean it's certainly not probably for games. So i could probably on. take a different take on it that's if you just the same to, for, i mean no that's i don't okay I, can I, I let me let me clarify a little bit here i totally agree i that's think that's very loyal trustworthy friend that will help we you don't have no to do what. my eulogy today if you don't mind <laughs> move on. father god we come to you we're gonna miss him uh but also there's a little bit of mass. That's what I'm saying. It's like a little bit of pride. It's a little compartment just for himself, not for the fame of it. Even like he appreciates you saying all that stuff, but he doesn't even like, necessarily no, like, like that it. or whatever. What he does like is I fucking went up against a policeman and yes. a dean. Right, <laughs> I fucked their world. That's right. That's I true. did that. that Joey wasn't going right to do it. Toby that. wasn't going to do it. Devin, nobody else is going to do it. Yes, fucking I can right. do it. And yeah. the same way as man, uh, there's probably a little bit of. Uh, with that Fuck is, them. man, I worry about Toby and Joey's finances. I bet I could get them in good shape with their finances. I, ha- I mean, if I, look, that's all self-serving. I don't have any way to look at anything other than self-serving. I fully endorse that I'm the most selfish person you can find. But I know what's best for me is for, it's good stuff for y'all and my kids and my wife. And I'm dead serious about that. I do not live for my damn kids. I don't. <laughs> I don't want to. I don't think that's right. What they need is a kick-ass dad that knows what he wants and is great. And that will be the best thing for them. Sure. I agree. So that's what I want to be. I want to be the best partner for y'all, and that'll be good for you. But it's for me, not for you. But if I do it right, it'll be good for everybody. I want my wife to not be the perfect wife to me. I want her to grow and be awesome, and that'll be good. I will say though, as as hosts of that podcast, they—I mean, this is going to make you squirmy, but they hit the jackpot with conversation and guests because they just did not expect that entertaining of a guest. <laughs> that that straightforward of answers, the wittiness—I mean, it was—I was super entertaining. I talked to you, your dumbass every single week, and I was Matt, like, "Man, uh, this he is loves you, so man. good." Well, if y'all shut up more and let me talk on this podcast more, you do. <laughs> hey, that, it's called break it down. All right. No, break it down's different. I don't even. I don't really cut up very much over there, or say as many absurd things as I will do on this show and intend to do today. But what else y'all got? Oh, I know. I got. I got something I got to tell you about, and then whatever y'all got, I am interested into, and I have some more stuff I want to talk about. But first, I want to tell you guys about Lending Club. Put you this way, we all need a helping hand sometimes, whether it's unexpected repairs, medical expenses, or credit card debt. Sometimes a little money can make a big difference. And you can get it at lendingclub.com. So let me tell you what that is. Lending Club gives you access to low rates on loans up to $40,000 for almost any purpose. 
you could take control of your debt, your finance, a major purchase, or maybe finally make those home improvements. These are some of the things they're saying. I'm going to tell you a real practical one because I don't really think people should flippantly use debt or credit or anything like that. But a great way to do it is to borrow money at a lower rate to pay off money you owe at a higher rate. So that one's quite practical and a defensible use of of credit. There's many things that credit and lending and borrowing can be used for, and there's a lot of people who have in the traditional systems institutions don't aren't able to get money loaned to them. And I would urge you to take it very seriously when you borrow money, of course. But Lending Club is a great new way to do it if that is the right thing for you. You pick the offer that's right for you, and the money could be in your account in just a matter of days. And for more than 10 years, Lending Club's helped millions of people with over 30 $1 billion in loans. So that should tell you something. Take charge of your finances today with Lending Club. Go to LendingClub.com slash BadChristian to check your rate for free. It won't impact your credit score. That's LendingClub.com slash BadChristian. LendingClub.com slash BadChristian. All loans made by WebBank. Member of FDIC. Equal housing lender. All right. What else is going on today? Um, so this is not going on today. But first of all, I don't want to. I don't want to dominate this. I was gonna tell you guys something that happened Sunday. It was a huge revelation. What? Uh, do you, okay. So Go basically, we're Good Samaritans, our little house church in Charleston, mm-hmm. and there was an organization on James Island that needed our help. There, uh, James Island Outreach. They give food and money, and uh, you know, just help help poor people. And they were moving locations, needed a lot of construction work. In fact, I think, Matt, you would have had a a heyday brainstorming and critical thinking and building and all that stuff. Obviously, I was doing some landscaping because I'm not good at all that mechanical stuff. But basically, here I am, uh, you know, digging, uh, taking heavy wheelbarrow loads and shoveling and just constantly bending my back and you know, my back is is not too kind to me and my body's aging and all that stuff. And it was like, you know, just nonstop. It wasn't, you know, do this for five minutes, take a 10-minute break. It was nonstop, manual, tough labor. And yeah. I thought about it. And I seriously was like, like, it, it was it was major. Like, I mean, it wasn't like, uh, you know, getting teary-eyed or anything like that. But I was like, I, I've always known this, but it sank in. This is people's lives. Like, this is what people do from nine to five every single day. In my mind, I was thinking, okay, I'm volunteering my time, so that's cool. That already makes me kind of a good person for volunteering my time. And I only got to do this for like so the gravity two hours that until other the sun goes down. I'm job done. Is, is and I'm not. Labor. What's that? Just the full the gravity that's people's full time life is manual labor. Is- yeah, like in my mind, I was like, I don't even have to come back tomorrow, and I'm not. I'm going back to my real job which has nothing to do with that sort of physical exertion and i was just like man the times when i get stressed or down or just discontent about anything that i do with my job it, it i was like i i can't believe it i mean it's pretty and and then my respect level just goes up for people like my granddad who is a a plumber into his sixties before he died of stomach cancer. And like my uncle who still does manual labor and all this stuff, it's just like, it's, it's kind of a touching moment for me. <laughs> you got to escape and back to your cush job the next day. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, seriously, like I, I am, you've I never had a job where you had to do hard I talk like to people manual and labor. Sometimes I'll meet with them at Starbucks and sure there's, you know, front, you know, like pastors like to say front row seats to tragedies and, 
you know, and, and sure, I get stressed out with all the moving plates and all that stuff, but nothing compared to, I mean, I mean, it's just. Have you never really had a manual labor people, job at all? I have, but it was temporary. It wasn't yeah. my career. Yeah, that's true. Well, it I shouldn't mean, dug, be. Hopefully I've it's nobody's lifelong before. career. But I don't know. I have a different thoughts on that. Like when you say plumber, I mean, plumber's a great job. And people here in Seattle are plumbers. They make $100,000 a year and stuff yeah, like that. Well. And it's, yeah, I mean, like, golly. I, they 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 get off work and they're off work. I mean, there's somebody who's just a ditch digger in a state with a low minimum wage and no real demand for labor, and they probably make eight dollars an hour, and all they do is dig and move bricks or whatever. But I mean, even a plumber, that's I mean, it's a yucky, dirty job and crawl spacey and all that stuff. But you get off work when you're done, and that feels good, and you get paid good. I mean. Yeah, I don't feel that bad for that because I mean I do like the construction and trades myself anyway. And I was thinking about this because I was work building up some storage sheds last weekend, and I was thinking how good it feels to do it, but how bad it would feel. I agree if it's your main job and you only do one phase and you do it for a boss and you never get to see the project to completion. Like if you're just pulling wires in these industrial things as an electrician, that would be yeah. dull because you would never. Do it right. So it's, I think of it like factory, not factory, but whatever the farm is, sustainable farming. Like if you were doing construction where you started at pour the foundation, frame it, like, and you got to be involved in all the phases, I think that would be very great, very satisfying. Yeah. I, I don't think it would be mentally taxing at all. I think it's it's just wonderful. And then when you leave work, you're done. Like I, I, I think that could be really good. So I bet you we'll have a lot of innovations in the future about how jobs like that work so that they're not actually like, killing your mind to sit there and do repetitive yeah. labor tasks obviously yeah. with robots and stuff but there's got to be a way to do these jobs even electrical engineers they complain about it being so tedious they they do one set of readings on the same type of building for 30 years because that's what they're good at and that's got to be horrible too yeah it's it's funny I, in in the bc club uh well it's it, some of the bc clubbers there's different branches that break off and do different pages on facebook and stuff which is pretty cool but one of them uh, one of them, one of the uh, pages i'm on uh a guy just asked hey what do you guys do for a living and all, all all these folks all these guys were saying what they do for a living and i just went through and i was like man that sounds pretty cool yeah that's that, good. That, that, that'd be kind of neat like i yeah like i like the idea i always think i could live somewhere else and i or i could work another job and it'd be pretty fun like i, I think it would be okay like i've said a million times i think it'd be very fun if I was like uh one of like number three on uh in a uh, landscaping business, like no, I don't want to be number <laughs> one, or number, number two. two. You don't want to be number two guy. That's a lot. I don't want to be number. I don't really want to be number two. I, I I like that other people carry would carry the pressure or whatever. And then I just you know I just show up. I do a good job. You can trust me, and that's what I want to do. And yeah, I think there's lots of jobs you can make good livings and doing stuff. Like it's funny. I always think, man, I probably could just go go around to my neighbors and say, hey, I'll. I'll undercut all the companies and say i'll cut your grass for this ten dollars cheaper or something i would do a good job or pressure washing or whatever it might be manual labor to me seems it, it still uses your mind but also you use your body a lot more which is probably the healthiest way to work and you're not Using supposed your to remain your in manual labor you're supposed to dig ditches and go i better learn how to at least lay some brick instead of move brick you know like it yeah, doesn't right. all you have to do is get good enough to yes. be a grass cutter that gets to sit on the riding lawnmower or right. maybe pressure washer and you've, you've right, gotten you out of the muscular that's what it's part. called that's what you do growing to a, 
going into an adult. Like you are a teenager, you do a little bit of something, you then you go to college or whatever, do it, get an internship, get a, a low low man totem pole job, and you just mm-hmm. move all the way up. You're not until, supposed I mean, to stay that, there. Nor are you at but obviously a, these minimum wage jobs like McDonald's. You're not supposed to survive off of that and do it. No, you're supposed to start there and get out of it. You're not right. supposed to work at McDonald's forever. I mean, here, unless you're in Seattle what, where you make fifteen dollars an hour. No, that's not good. Yeah, whatever. Good lord. Here's, Here's what was super humbling, though, is that I I have had to persevere through boredom in my jobs, but I have no experience whatsoever in consistently having to persevere through pain. Like, there are people that do hard jobs, manual labor, and their bodies are failing them. I got just a glimpse of that, of what it was like for my 40-year-old back you know, to be bending down and, and shoveling stuff constantly. And people do that all the time. I, like, I have Listen, man, no they, experience. <laughs> those people feel real, real bad for somebody that's in an extremely emotionally and mentally challenging job, especially when that pastor, Joey Svensson's mind is failing him. <laughs> and he's having to be <laughs> continually put through it. He's already got a sick mind, but he has to persevere through the mentally taxing job that you have. You think so? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> oh, that makes me feel good. No. <laughs> I feel hey, but I will apologize to everybody because we didn't put any uh we didn't wear matching t shirts or we didn't put anything on social media for everybody to see what we're doing. <laughs> but I, I do I have a question for y'all. And I it's I would say at this point social media is actually even weirding me out a little bit because Okay, so the Cooper River Bridge run was in Charleston this Saturday. This oh, this this is horrible because I I know I I don't have people that I'm thinking of specifically, but I know there's there's friends of mine who probably did this. But there, so Charles uh, Cooper River Bridge run is a huge huge run. People come from all over the southeast to do it, and this is just one example of the kind of stuff that's just starting to freak me out a little a little bit. And that is people that go on Facebook and almost do a narration of here's us getting up in the morning. Here's us starting the race. Here's what time I'm trying to beat. Here's what my time was. Here's a picture of me all sweaty and fatigued. Uh, You know, I finished and it just hit me. And I was like, how did we become a society where we really thought that everybody was super interested in that? And, and here's, here's the conclusion that I came to is people are, like, yeah. I think that our society is moving past me to a point where I'm starting to be like an old fogey of, why, why are you putting all this out on there? Nobody, you know, I'd like to see a picture of your kid every now and then. Or, you know, maybe if you have a good point that you want to make, it'd be interesting to read. But I don't want to see a narration of your whole day for, you know, this bridge run. And so I was thinking about this in terms of technology and social media and all that. Like, we can... We'll all conclude that technology is not going to take take steps back. It's just going to keep going and keep going, keep progressing. You know, probably this time in 10 years, our minds can't even really conceptualize right now what it will look like in 10 years. But I don't think that applies to social media. Like, I think that there's going to be some sort of major shift, retraction, uh, to the point where I just found out today that uh, kids in, like, middle and high school, they think, uh, Facebook is boring. Now that's probably not across the board, but there are a lot of like I know two high schoolers of a woman that I work with, Jennifer Williamson, her daughters, they're not even they're not even on Facebook. I was like, "Oh my gosh, I had no idea." So Snapchat is the thing. Instagram is the thing. 
But at some point, does this younger generation pull back and start saying things like, I can't believe mom and dad would put something on Facebook that is normal now, but they see as completely backwards of why we would put stuff on there. Does that make sense? Toby, does that make sense? Oh, I wasn't listening. <laughs> what were you doing? Matt, does that make sense? <laughs> well, hold on. I'll get back to that. Toby, what were you doing? <laughs> I, I would just, once I started hearing Joey talking, I would just, you know how like you have those, you start kind of floating away and you're just out there somewhere. You don't even like uh, several things pass through your mind. Like, just like, is this really my life? And, and you, <laughs> Matt, listen to this. Toby no, where do I go? Is this That's my job? Is this my, is this my career? And, I, and you know, it's funny because like, uh, I don't know if I was dying while Joey was talking, but it felt like that. But there was this grinding nasally thing that was way in the distance. But I felt like if I could just keep going forward, I could get away from it. And I just, and then all of a sudden it brought me back in with, you know what I'm saying? You understand what I'm saying? <laughs> I was like, "Oh, I'm back!" Yeah. Shit, here I Toby, am. Toby, at like much like a trauma victim, dissociated during that. Right, right. I had to get away from body. That. He was seeing it happen to him. <laughs> <laughs> now, so, the only thing is, it's actually a pretty normal, regular thing that Toby does. So he calls me the I'm other doing day. It again. Shit, here we and, go. And, and he I'm he calls right me to tell me something, and I'm like, "Hello," and he's just like. Hey man, uh, uh, and he's like, hold on for a second, and and then he says, oh, looks like looks like we may be selling our house in Charleston, which is super good news. But then he goes into what he called me about, and so I start responding. But Matt, you know the feeling; you realize right away, Toby I is not I could, listening. I never heard to, one word the rest of that. Finally, I just said, I got to hang up. And we no, just I up. told you I'm gonna go. <laughs> I was like, uh, you're not hearing anything I'm saying right now. I got to go. Which. I th- I think it's great that you are unapologetic and not secretive about that. Now, is that because you and I are close, or would you be that forthcoming with someone that you don't know well? Like, would you tell someone that you know casually, yeah, I wasn't listening to you, I'm sorry? I, maybe, yeah. I try, I try to be honest with that, but I just can't focus sometimes. If there's something going on, like, I it, while we I called you or you called me, and I immediately got a message about uh, there's people coming to look at our house. Uh, right then, and they might be giving us an offer, and I was like, "Oh!" And that's all I could think about, and and then I just couldn't even go. I didn't care anything about anything else at that moment, and so it just didn't matter. But at you all. tried to make it work for a while. That's what's funny. Why you and I are close enough to where you could have easily been like, "Hey, man, let, let's talk later. I, I want to look at something else." But instead, you tried to do both. Like, why would you even try that? Because I believe in myself. <laughs> I think I can do both, and I never can. But I'm gonna never not try. I want to try to see if I can do both things at the same time. And as I get older, it's re- way worse, way worse. I mean, it's it's just getting worse and worse where I can literally only focus on one thing, but it might change in a second, And be, but I'm totally focused on that next thing. I mean, li- listen to this conclusion. This is why you guys are such good friends, because you tune, pe- tune people out, and Matt just likes to keep talking and talking and talking. Oh, oh, I know. And you guys will just coexist in the same room. Matt will talk. Toby won't listen. And y'all are both happy. Yeah, no I, doubt I've about learned, it. I've learned with Matt that he needs to get it all out. That's right. right? He's got to get it all out. <laughs> so there's no stopping it. So what I do, here's my little trick. Now now Matt will know. He I probably know. Already I already realized know. This. It's just, uh, it's okay. But I've gotten pretty good at it. I think you don't know. I listen enough to hear one whoa, thing. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Let me warn you, Toby. You, you really want to give this up? You and yeah, I are going to be friends for a long time. I'm very aware of it, I, but it's fine. I listen enough to get one thing because he repeats a bunch of stuff, too, and it keeps going. There's 
He says exactly what he needs to say, but then there's going to be three to four minutes of rehashing that and mm-hmm. saying it in a different way. That's the same thing. So if I can get just one good piece of information when he finally kind of winds down or whatever, and, and he he's still walking around biting his fingernails or something, then I go, yeah, man, actually, that I really like that part. I think that's what we should do. And he goes, yeah. And then he goes on again for another five minutes on that, and right. I'm good to go. And then I'm, <laughs> I'm floating away from my body. I'm somewhere mm-hmm. else. I'm thinking about Malibu or Hawaii or something like that, and that's what I could do. Now, here's what I'll say. I'm going to bring it all the way back around. I did it to you, too. I think that uh, with social media (laughs) is that we don't know what social media is. It's going to change completely. Like it does like already people that are in the millennial ages, which is a generation or two for me, whatever we're going to say that is. uh, I've already are not liking Facebook and moving on to Instagram and then it'll be Snapchat and it'll be something else like social media isn't isn't a thing that it's all it's just this thing or whatever it's just going to be different ways of communicating and i believe what really at the heart of social media to me is people really do want to hang out they don't really understand still how to they just don't that's why there's all these gurus who can tell you how to be more connected and and, or how to get a a girlfriend or a boyfriend or whatever everybody buys into that stuff even though you know in your heart of heart what you got to do you got to talk to people and be honest and have some conversation or whatever so i think they really are it's the easiest way to stay connected. You can watch the Cooper River Bridge run, or you can find out Joey's kid just get, won an award or uh, whatever. That's why they, we like podcasts now because it's way more personalized. Every, what does everybody say about podcasts? Man, it's like I'm in the room with them. I would love to argue that point. You're there. That's, you get that, yeah, but that see, human that connection. is only until it's boring or not good, and then it's gone. So what you have right. in podcasting or somebody's Instagram feed is the reduction of the person to that. Now, this is true if you want to try it out. You just go into uh, you just go into somebody, anybody's Instagram page and spend, mm, I'm going to give you four seconds, and you don't even stop to look at each image. You just scan the main thing. You, you know a lot about that person. And yep. if you think about other people in your life, and I always say this, nobody cares about you. Like, I guess your wife and kids do in a way, but I, I don't even think that's as much as you think. And then when you start getting farther out of your network of people that know you, their acquaintances or, quote, friends or colleagues, I'm telling you, those people don't care about you. Most of that's an illusion, and this is, you know, very dark this way to think. This is such bullshit, no, by the l- way. Listen to what I'm saying. You are... A reduction, like I, I, to even to you, I'm some character that you want to talk about and try and get a grip on. That, like, even in this podcast, you've been talking. I know you've been, and you know me very well, but you've been talking about me as if I am a way, as if you could understand it or know it or put it in a box. And and somebody's Instagram feed that you know from another church that you met twice at a conference. To you, you have them filled out in your head as a complete person, and it's that they are. Oh, he's the one that says this, has this type of sense of humor, is a good dresser, and likes boating. And you can almost find that, and that's all you have of that person, and you think you know them, and you think you care about them. But uh, somebody's Instagram feed, where you see mine, you'll see my kids, you'll see uh, me doing little construction projects, you'll see a podcast microphone, and maybe occasional guitar thing. That's me. That's me. I mean, there's more to it, but that's about it. It So, and, and this isn't That's even That's who like I am a, to everybody, including y'all. I mean, maybe y'all, y'all know me in a more detailed way, but only slightly more detailed. So this isn't even in a one group is better than the Man, other. Man, I'm just a volume level to people. <laughs> right. You're just a tone to them. That's all I am. <laughs> Sorry, Joy, go ahead. 
So this isn't even like a one group of people is better than the other, but it amazes me, Matt, when you say stuff and you don't realize that you are talking from one type of person's perspective. Like you represent a group of people. They don't think about like a friend or a person from college and and have like a warm, fuzzy feeling like, man, we really had some good times together. I wonder how they're doing. Man, I, I should touch bases with them and see if they want to hang out. Like you are not that type of person, but you just said that every other person mm-hmm. is like you and really not, doesn't no, care. That's not true. No. Listen, all I'm saying That's is not everybody. True. Listen, Matt, you set him off. He's no, not, but he just likes to. You can't talk about likes to, to, to do that. First of all, <laughs> I'm saying the things I'm saying with a certain amount of strength for effect, and I don't understand how you don't understand that, but. <laughs> <laughs> I really don't. I think that maybe the term would be hyperbole, and it's a f- way of. How speaking. do you know I'm not doing the same thing? It, I, because you're not using hyperbole, and I am. <laughs> that is, the, is how I know that. But the definition of the word is how I know it. But what I'm saying is, people, if Joey would have uh, used I'm, that word too, he would have called it hyperbole. Yeah. <laughs> Hyperbole. <laughs> it's, it's like it's like that purple thing. What do they call that? Hyper purple. What well, yeah, the point is that people bias themselves to claim how much they are are sincere and care about other people more than they actually do. That is what I'm trying to hint at with the way that I'm talking. I'm saying it's more helpful to me to make don't make these grand assumptions about how much other people care about me. No, I just am in and out of their life. I show up on their Instagram feed. I do a podcast with them. I pay their paycheck, whatever it is. I'm just, it's like the dog and the master. Oh, the guy that gives you the food. Okay. I mean, there's a real fundamental part of that that's very helpful to understand. And it's not bad or wrong or negative. It's just, you can take a deep breath and realize that there are bigger gaps in closeness to people and interconnectedness than you perceive. You have a bias to over-perceive intimacy and connection and these i'm just i'm sure of it and and i i know i feel less of those things than other people but i'm not saying that oh you care deeply about people and i don't no i'm not that is not the case i don't think i care less about people than you do because i don't express it the same way but i do find it helpful to realize that to other people you are simply a reduced version of yourself you are your full self but only to you and to god perhaps but to everybody else you are a reduced summarized version of that. That's yeah, a helpful way to look at it. That doesn't imply you don't love your wife or you don't care, give a shit about your kids or you didn't actually like your roommate from college. I'm not implying any of those things. Okay. <laughs> you don't believe that at all, Joey? You resist. No, I totally agree. I, okay. I agree with what he just said. What I don't, like, I, I feel like I'm on the opposite end of the spectrum. And again, th- this if anything, causes me trouble. It does not make me a better person whatsoever. But I get myself in trouble by treating people that I knew in high school and seeing them for the first time in 20 years and talking to them like it was yesterday, and I freak them out. And so I just, I don't understand. It just, it really amazes me, though, because, Matt, I don't think you're being completely honest. I think that you definitely see things in this way and you think that everybody is the same way, and it's just not. 
Like there are people who who view other people. What did I? What did, <laughs> you said I'm not being honest about what? No, I want what to tell our listeners that you that you just put your head back in the air or, or backwards, <laughs> rolled your eyes inside, <laughs> and didn't say anything dishonest. I, that, that's what you just said. I mean, I know other people are going to identify with the. It's embarrassing you, for me to say this, man. But I get warm fuzzies about people. So like, do that's I. embarrassing. Huh? So do I. I'm not precluding that from being a yeah, thing. That's what I'm saying. Everybody does. I mean, it's I don't like understand the way you try to the I mean, only person that you're that trying to reduce people. me to a robot, I wish, for instance. Well, that's I wish what you're doing. I'm not I wish a robot. we could I wish we I could rewind the tape a little bit and hear what you said as far as people don't really care that's about. That's a helpful people. way to look at it. It's, I don't it understand. Be, it's a though. balancing that's, way from the normal no, way, which is I care and everybody cares. I'm counterbalancing the bias there. But but what I'm saying, it even proves the point. I think when you talk about people it's because you have warm fuzzies. Not necessarily that it's like so awesome. Like you get a nostalgic boost, which you love nostalgia. You love old times or whatever. Guess what so happens when you when it's see, not there? By when the you way. see when you see an old time friend, you get this feeling that feels good. Like maybe after two beers or doing drugs, whatever, <laughs> or it's doing serotonin drugs. or whatever it might be, <laughs> and you get a little juice from it. And so you like that, so you do it more. You might do it more, but that doesn't mean you necessarily like people more than. Than me, I might. I, I don't get say that, that same serotonin rush or whatever it might be. So I'm saying I th- I agree with Matt. I think people are way more alike. Of course, there's always going to be some differences. <laughs> Whoever sure, you are, but- you're overestimating how much other people care about you. That's the point. I'm saying, and this podcast I is partly that. that. For instance, do oh, do oh listeners out there, do you care about Matt and Toby and Joey? They all say yes in their head. And then as soon as this podcast, I'm not being cynical here. It's fine. But as soon as this podcast isn't as good as it used to be, right. they'll just listen to something else Which and never, never listen happen, again. Ahead, yeah. That is not, I don't take that as an offense. That's what they should do. That's how much they cared. Enough to, when it was slightly more boring, they stopped listening. That's what I do to every podcast. I listen to it until I don't. So I can't, there's no caring. I mean, it, you know what I mean? You're only worth to people what you are, and that sounds bad, but you're overestimating how important. And what I'm saying is there's freedom on the other side of that because you don't, it's, everybody thinks, but once I achieve it and prove it and everybody knows it, that never comes. So stop tr- trying, tr- stop worrying about when you're going to prove to everybody that you're a success or a good this or a good, it's never coming because nobody's thinking about you. And if so, they don't have a final analysis of, well, I've arrived at the conclusions about Toby. He is the following. He has measured up in the following. Nobody thinks that way about anybody else, almost ever. They're just living their life, and you're in it. And that's nice. It's nice to be in somebody else's life. It's nice to matter. It's nice to care. But it's not as (laughs) – you're not as important to other people as you think you are. You're really not. And it's okay. And it's for, you get first Joey doesn't on the believe side it. That. You're not judged as much either. And you can no, do more I believe that last part, of course. I just, I, I wish, like I said, I wish we could listen to what Matt said earlier. We, unfortunately, it, it, there's no such technology. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I, I mean, here, here's an example. Here's an example is uh, you guys both know Scott Sinclair, a good friend of ours that we went to school with, him and I are the same way in how we view people and express that to each other. So him and I, we're like two peas in a pie. We'll text back and forth. People think that we're, we've got like a romantic relationship. That is different from you guys. It's just different. I Joey agree. loves people, That's and he different. literally just pushed his son out yeah. of the screen yeah. when his son walked up to him. He pushed it, him away. All I'm saying about social media is it is just a further condensation of what a person 
is. If you look at my Instagram feed, that is basically right. Like, it's not intentional. And some people's is very intentional, like they're crafting their image or whatever. I take a few pictures of things that I think are interesting. And if you look at them, you can start to get a pretty good, not wrong guess about me. And to people that listen to this podcast occasionally, maybe have heard my band and follow me on Instagram. Yeah, that's it. That's, you, you see it. That's me. That's neat that they have that, but don't mistake it for depth or anything. So I think you'll probably see the future social media continue to be, you know, reductions. I, I don't know where that goes ultimately, but it's pro. It, it basically are reduced, ver, reduced and condensed versions of, of of who you are. And then we have the nasty part of it where people are trying to control that too much and present and stuff. But then you get into the territory of wondering, well. I mean, you don't want to see somebody's boring, ugly Instagram feed. You don't want to see their worst thoughts on Facebook. You don't want to see them tweet boring stuff that's irrelevant, right? So it's this weird pressure to be somebody interesting. One one trend that is very, uh, I think we should watch is, if you notice social media, each next step is to get shorter. Right. Like, 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 and so what I'm thinking is social media will be, uh, you know, a total tool that we use. Like you'll think, oh, when I need to know a little bit more information, I go to Facebook. When, but entertainment wise, it's this app or this thing or whatever it might be. But it keeps getting shorter and shorter in in most ways. Like I, I I'm very surprised that Twitter added more characters. I actually I don't know. I don't think that was a good idea. They did it to do something because their stocks were down, and I think it's gone back up a little bit. So maybe it worked. But I, I think. Everything like Snapchat's faster and it even goes away and it's not, you know, doesn't leave a, a, a trail or something like that, supposedly, unless you take a screenshot or something. But um, I just think it's it, that is what's going to happen. So my big point here is I, I don't think we know what social media is yet. It's too new. We don't understand it. But it does, to me, seem like people do want connection. They do want to hang out. It's, it is interesting to look and say, oh, well, this person's doing this thing. And then you can leave it because you don't really care. And you look at the next thing and then you can leave it. You know, And then one that really gets you, you hit the like button. <laughs> That's how much yeah, you care and invest in people. It's very archaic but very effective still. So it's got it's weird because, I mean, you do y'all – you know, you definitely think- can get a good grip real quickly. Like, you know, if you somebody sends you an email for business and you're like, huh, I don't know if I quite understand this. Go look at their Facebook page for two minutes. You go, I know who this fucker is. Right? right. <laughs> you're like, I know who this guy I know. I get what's I, going on here. I have a theory that at some point near into the future, there will be a lot of people that are so egocentric that it will be like the Truman Show, except they know. So Truman Show is a movie in the late 90s where this Jim Carrey's <laughs> character was basically on on camera at all times, but he didn't know it. I think people will do that. They'll know it. And you can literally click on Matt Carter's name and see exactly what he's doing. Now, some people, that'll weird him out. And they're like, no, I want privacy. But I really do think that at some point there will be a lot of people like millions and millions of people that have everything live fed oh yeah i mean that's basically almost what's happening now with reality tv but the next step reality tv is pretty scripted what you're going to see is people going oh wait a minute my life's fun and things happen Mm -hmm. to me all the time so i'll just i'll just video it and it'll just always be there and you'll have enough content where some will be famous and some won't be but let's do something we haven't done in a while we got another 10 minutes i'd like to talk to y'all if you can and i have been in the mood for some news some what? Truth. Yeah, I have been. Dang, it oh, has been a while. Oh, shit. <laughs> well, I haven't heard that in a while. 
in a world where there's a fat, bald-headed man that Come swears on. he loves everybody and he loves you more than anything on earth. He'd love to spend time with you, hear about your day. He cares. <laughs> he gets warm fuzzies. It's the damn news. About Why am I always fuzzy. the brunt of your intro? Why can't you ever include Matt in that? Well... Like, why can't you say, in a world where your friend doesn't really have emotions you or really have to do that's throws, not true. I throws have the their kids of in the, being irritated at you, then I demonstrate Well, Toby it just said that I care about everybody and want to give everybody my time. That's not true. That was hyper, hyperbolic. <laughs> in a world where I agreed with Matt, <laughs> even though he's stupid, he was exactly right about how stupid Joey is. <laughs> You can hear me All and Toby right. argue on the last BC Club episode if you want. I believe that's an argument on there. So I, it's, you know, I, Toby oh, and yeah. Joey are more likely to get into arguments, and Joey always likes to paint the picture that we gang up on him or always disagree with him. But I would suggest that's just because he's more often wrong. That's weird. I think you paint that picture, my friend. I don't mm-hmm. paint What's that What's weird picture. is I always win every argument. Well, he that won that one on the BC Club. So we, me and Toby got into an argument, and he destroyed me. So he go, submitted. you had to join the BC Club you to hear that You did submit to me. Yeah, I did. Toby Thank you. destroyed me in an argument that was heated yep. that you can hear if you're yep. in the BC Club. And, it was and about, you didn't like that. I don't know. Old pe- you yeah, didn't I, like I it. I didn't like the feeling of it, no. He didn't like it, but he had to take it. But I had to All take right. it. All right. Y'all are going to be surprised. Joey, you're going to be very happy about the roving reporter that found this news article. Somebody I know? Yes, you do know them. Virgil? No. Snoop Dogg. Who? <laughs> Snoop Dogg. Snoop Dogg is a Roman reporter for the Bad Christian Podcast? He he found this. I thought it was amazing. Oh, Uh, thanks, Snoop. And this just shows you, I wanted to do this one, this story, because I think, um, are you masturbating? (laughs) (laughs) I heard that when we were roommates, I heard that noise one time when I was going there and you were like, don't look it in here. Anyway, um, the part, well, Who's the sick person here? Is everybody sick? Are these people as bad as this person? The Parkland shooter is getting fan mail from teenage girls, including nudes. Oh boy. Says roving reporter Snoop Dogg. Um, I have to figure out where this uh, this article is from. Uh, I, I'm just shocked. Mass murderer uh, Nicholas Cruz is receiving stacks of fan mail, dozens of love letters, and hundreds of dollars in commissary money from fans across the country. Since his incarceration, Cruz, who killed 17 people and injured 17 more when he opened fire at Parkland uh, High School on February 14th, has become something of an icon to fascinated people across the country. Teenage girls, women, and even some men. It's funny that they would say even some men in this day and age. You'd think they would just go girls, women, and men have been (laughs) writing to the Parkland shooter declaring their support offering their friendship, and sending him encouragement. Some of them are also sending him their photos or notes about themselves, most of which are highly suggestive. On March 15th, Cruz received a letter from a teenager who claimed to be attracted to him. I'm 18 years old. I'm a senior in high school, she wrote. When I saw your picture on television, something attracted me to you. Uh, Your eyes are beautiful and the freckles on your face make you so handsome, she continued, before going on to describe herself. I'm really skinny and have 34 C-size breasts. Wow. Another woman in close suggested photographs of herself, including this, a so shot this is of not her cleavage. This a, a, a joke story. You're bro- you're bro- you broke up. What were this you saying, not, Joey? This is not a joke story. Like, you're not no, acting. No, this is real. real. Yeah. 
Gosh. In addition to the lewd photos and obscene letters, uh, some of the notes include bizarre words of support for the killer, complete with hand-drawn hearts and happy faces. I mean, this is real. That's what I'm saying. So now, the the thing here is, are these people sick? Are, are they, would y'all say they're just as bad as him, in a way? I know he murdered people. They didn't murder. They didn't, say they're just they didn't but him. I'm saying they're giving their support to it, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Are they supporting murder? Yeah. Why not? Well, I mean, I, mean I, th- I think so. I mean, to me, it seems like they are turned on by the fact that yeah. he did something like that. That is mm-hmm. that what it, they think it's a power thing, and that's. Yeah. I mean, and that's now, what, why? What? What is? Spe- what am I missing? What's unique about this guy that the Columbine or Virginia Tech or nothing? It just happened to be. They, this article. they, they I all guarantee get you. They all to, get to it. Inmates, you know, clean up. <laughs> Charles Manson, of course, had a lot of this kinds of things, and you know it. It's obviously not. Here's a problem with people: you can't say those people are messed up. All you can say is, "Ah, oh, people are this way. This is what people are like. We're we're this way. We do yeah. that. that. These yeah. are the types of things that seem normal to people, and at least statistically, I'm not saying every person is exactly this way, but there's. This is basically a thing in human nature. I mean, if you look at all of history, it's all bad guys that were in charge of stuff, right? And they all had yeah. enormous amounts of people supporting them and wanting to be with them. Sexually, a right-hand man, uh, campaign managers, first generals. Um, you know, everybody that's that's famous in history has been, you know, is, is power or success or notoriety and people attach themselves to it. It's built into you. That's the way, you know what I mean? It's built into them. It manifests particularly weird in some of these people, of course, but it's in there. That's what we're like. It's not random. It's not something weird he did. It's not because he's cute. It's not because nothing like that. I mean, is this this just a deeper... or an additional step of people loving the movie Pulp Fiction and and loving Samuel L. Jackson and Travolta's characters, like the anti-hero thing, like Tony Soprano or Breaking Bad. Do you mean that? Like that kind yeah, of? Yeah, it's like I'm yeah. I'm I don't know why I'm rooting for this guy because yeah. he's a bad guy, but I just can't help but to root for him. Is is this just mm-hmm. a, an additional step into doing that? But it's real. Yeah, it's something like that. I mean, if you're talking about the social media stuff we were saying before, if you just look at a reduction of Charles Manson, let's say. I don't know anything about this other kid killer place thing. I don't know this. I don't know anything about him. But take somebody like Charles Manson. There's a reduction of him. There's a condensation of him. He's bad guy, swastika, killer. Uh, Marilyn Manson used his name to for part of his uh, stage name, right? And he's a bad guy, and we like bad stuff, and we like bad movies, and like, fuck yeah, devil horns. And it's just, he's part of the pop culture, uh, you know, the icon, iconography of bad darkness, the bad stuff. And that's all he is to most people. He's not a guy who coached these people into doing these harsh acts and used these, you know, all the details of what he did that's completely horrific. And and if you saw it in real time, how unbelievable it would be, those aren't available to people. It's just, oh, yeah, the bad guy, swastika, jail, tough. That's who he is. That's his reduction. The other thing, too, I want to ask you guys, the other psychology or cultural phenomenon here is the author of this article is Katie Serena, and I think she works for um, Salon magazine, several magazines. but. Is is what does it mean that people are interested in this? And does it just mean 
your bias is totally tapped into because if you're on one side, you think those are Republicans that just is gross, gun loving, sick right wingers or whatever. You immediately think that those people approve of guns and all this stuff, and they're messed up, and they're on that other team. They're not on our team, or vice versa. Is this like no? Even this idea this is. is used to split us or something, right? Yeah, no, that's misguided thinking. These aren't supporters of of his that like shootings and are pro gun. I mean, that I mean, I'm not even saying that's not possible. That there's some of that somewhere, but that's not. It has nothing to do with that part of it. I don't believe. I don't. Is anybody making that claim? That'd be. I think. That'd no, be I'm bad saying. It, what, what does it mean about us reading this? Like I brought this to you guys. I thought it was very interesting. It's crazy. Like what? How uh, insidious? Or uh, is that the right word? Insidious. Insidious. Uh. Is it that I want to read this and find out about it and think what kind of t- woman or man would do that? Like write a letter, send your boobs to Ooh, some guy. So what you're is- so you're like the secondary bad figure. Like he's bad, <laughs> right? And they're you're bad for removed. wanting to kind of check that I'm a, out. I'm, I'm and third. Now you're kind of bad for wanting to check them out. So right. I'm saying right. it just keeps this weird, creepy thing. Yeah. Right? Like okay, first of all, That's he does of something it. horrific and one of the worst things in American history. Then people kind of support him and think he's cute and, and and like give him hugs and kisses and boob shots and stuff. Those all, those two different groups of people are two different things. And then thirdly, here I am reading it going, ooh, what do mm-hmm. I think? And I yep. think bad stuff, I think. Like just not, you know what I mean? What like, makes I'm, you feel I, good in some I'm way. just as creepy, right? Uh-huh. I'm just voyeur in the background. Oh, those all those people are bad. Toby and bad. Oh, I can't believe they Something would act like, like that. that. I mean, we're pretty much built to recognize and pay attention to significant things even if they're bad, you know? Like it is in your brain. Yeah. You will I mean, think it, about it. Maybe See, I'm that, jealous. I don't feel bad about it. Maybe that, I'm jealous. I'm in normal. Emory and nobody ever sent me boob shots. <laughs> I didn't do anything bad and didn't get any nudity. You think if I, I'm a lead singer of a very famous world changing band, never got one boob sent to if me. If you had done a bunch of more horrible shit, you probably could have got some boobs, though. Is what, like, you understand that, right? Like, if you were notorious. Kevin probably could have. <laughs> well, Not me. Yeah, that's different. But I mean, if you were notorious. Then you probably yeah, could. Yeah, you're right. There's like if you killed there, a promoter kind of in El Paso, in the- let's say you killed a promoter in El Paso and took the money and had had these other stuff, you know, you'd, right? Then you get some. Well, you, yeah, like the Johnny Craig guy who stole all the computers. People still liked him. Is like, well, you know, I'm he's, sure he gets it, tons it, it, of more nudes than you. There's something. There must be something about uh, it's the girl liking that, the bad boy pushing against there, the but. pushing against the norm of society and the mm-hmm. power there, and that he could. He could do that. He could do something so awful. If you could make yourself do something so awful that you would, there's something, you know what I mean? It's kind of that cliche with the, you know, where they say women are attracted to the bad guys, you know? And men. No, how about this? Here's a, here's a, here's something. Old, uh, what's the guy's name? I don't like saying the shooter's name, but I'll say it for the purpose of a joke here. The, is, what's his name? The shooter? Nicholas Cruz. Nicholas Cruz. Okay. Um, it, Nicholas Cruz doesn't often wind up in, the friend zone. Right. <laughs> right. Right. You see what I'm saying? He's not yeah. going to be in the friend zone. He's going to have people wanting to have sex with him. Right. That's yeah, crazy, right. but that's true. Man. All right. How about another one here? Um, this one is, is pretty cool and it comes from vividmaps.com, which is, I think is interesting, but uh, salary you need to afford the average home in your state. So how much do you need to make a year to afford the home in your state? Joey, I'll let you go first. How much money do you think you need in South Carolina to to afford an average home? So I'm you, assuming joint income for married couples? Just whatever, sure. A certain amount of money? Um, 
in your household, how much money do y'all need to make? You think to, to own a, the average home yeah. or just a yeah. home? The average home. Gosh, average home in Charleston's a tough one. So I'll just based say, on a thirty-year mortgage and ten percent down payment. I'm going to say $58,000. Good, Eight, good estimate. Eight hundred and forty. Matt, you want to say yours? According to that, uh, my estimate premise: when you're making, yeah, any educated guess, you want to be within at least twenty percent, but ten percent if you want to be good. But Joey, you were close on that, so right? You said what? Joey said sixty-five, and it was what fifty-eight. Yeah. 58, 58 almost 59. So it was just so over 10%. So that was a very good guess. Good guess, Joey. A good uh, estimate, not a guess, but nice. good. Really proud of you, man. Um, for what am I guessing, Washington? Yes. Okay, I'm going to estimate Washington. What? I don't know. Um, it's got to be a lot more than that, but it can't get crazy. It can't be double. So I'm not going to go double because there's no right. way it's double, but there's no way it's, it could be a minimum of 50%. It could be as hot 50% for sure. Higher than that, which would be 90. Okay. So it's going to be plus or minus 90. Um, would it be make more sense now for me to adjust upward or downward? My sense is I'd want to adjust upward, but I don't feel good That's cool, about man. That. If I think about adjusting downward from 90, again, I don't feel like that would give me an advantage, so I'm going to stick with 90. Well, 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 Matt. Your brain works pretty good. $87,000. Okay. So I was so you're four right and a half percent off. Very good. Uh, Tennessee, where I live, is 55000 Can y'all guess the cheapest state to live in in the U.S.? To afford a house. A 30-year mortgage with Mississippi. 10% down. Iowa. Uh, West Virginia. Didn't think West about Virginia. that one. Dang. Uh, Arkansas is, is cheaper than uh, Mississippi. And I how much thought, is I the was, cheapest? Is everybody always what? shits on Mississippi, so it's all. <laughs> I, it doesn't matter if you're I talking like about Mississippi. anything. Mississippi I know, I allows cool open state. containers in the car. I know, I and like that. I mean, everybody always says it's the worst. If you say, "What do you think the worst education in it, America?" Mississippi. Mississippi. <laughs> what do you think the poorest people? In Mississippi. <laughs> what do you think people. the fattest <laughs> people? Mississippi. I mean, the most racist. racism. Mississippi. Mississippi. Oh, no. <laughs> they can't catch a break. Right. <laughs> Who's got but the their most of their shores uh, ruined by oil sucks. rigs in Mississippi? Most if dead pelicans. More, if, if their houses are more expensive, then I think um, it that that means that they're better off than Arkansas. What maybe is uh, West Virginia's uh, uh, price? Living? It was thirty eight thousand. Wow, isn't that crazy? Yeah. So if you are poor and you want to move to you know get a get own a house for the first time, thirty eight thousand dollars. And that's probably because the of I mean is is Charleston yeah, the salary. biggest city in West Virginia? Because and that's not a big city, so it probably right. has to do with the fact that there's just such few big cities there. DC, I think, is the most expensive. It's a hundred and thirty eight. What does that tell you? It, oh, that, oh, I know, because it's the nicest with the best weather and the least crime. <laughs> is that why? <laughs> that's why DC is the most expensive because most people just want to live there. Is that right? Man, any other guesses on why? Because politicians live there? Yeah, because the people that get all of our money sucked out of West Virginia and Washington and Tennessee have to live there for work, and they spill over to the you know counties of Maryland and Virginia and the D.C. area with all the real estate of all of our money that they have. That they, you yeah. know, it's not, not good. You're right. All right, I got one more, and this is a, a mistake that I think, you know, we've all made. This comes from Yahoo Lifestyle. Mom apologizes after accidentally sending son to elementary school in an obscene shirt. And this is what's funny. I couldn't, if you look at the picture, you can't tell, but it, it's the arches from McDonald's and mm -hmm. underneath it says, I'm loving it. But if you look closer, 
the ends of the arches have high heel stiletto shoes on, and it's a woman's legs <laughs> laying back, revealing a, the the bottom is a butt, and it's two legs bent over, like if you were looking at a woman. Does she is it horizontal. conceivable that she didn't know, or we don't we don't buy that? What would you do if you if you accidentally sent your ten year old son to school in less than an appropriate McDonald's t shirt? If your Texas mom Shelly McCuller. You own up to the mistake in a hilarious Facebook post that quickly went viral. Her son, her son's shirt might have looked like the famous Mickey D's Golden Arches, but upon closer inspection, it's clear they are actually a woman's leg spread open to look like the famous M logo. Just to top off the inappropriate uh, sandwich, the shirt also includes the famous words, I'm loving it slogan. It's an honest mistake, but that doesn't make it any less funny. She said, she said in the post that... Uh, the shirt came in a box of hand-me-downs from a friend. <laughs> and McCuller insisted that she hadn't had time to properly go through the box of clothes before giving them to her son. In fact, most of the teachers at his elementary school didn't even notice either. And I was thinking, yeah, probably not. And no most reason. people didn't. It's pretty innocent. But the question here, or the thing that really is scary is, change a few variables here, and it could have been really bad. You know what I mean? Like, what? what if it was a dad... Uh, you know, a dad that just divorced from his wife and he, you know, is just trying to get the kid out and they, the same thing, a friend gave the shirts and he didn't realize and sent him. Like, would people think he's a horrible person? Would they believe him? Like, the idea here is super innocent and funny. It can be, and maybe all, most times it is, but it can go dark pretty quickly if you just change a few things. Like, you are, going back again to our biases, I was thinking about this. If I read this and it was a few things changed, like it was a man or... What if it was a little girl and it was worse? Or, you know, what if it wasn't this picture that wasn't as easy to tell and it was like a dong? Or what, you know, could somebody have gotten in trouble? Could they have got, you know, child endangerment? All kinds of stuff could happen, mm-hmm. I think. Basically, if it was just a rough-looking plumber that made an honest mistake, it would right. go worse than the nice You would immediately go, that guy's bad. But maybe yeah. not. Well, like, I don't know. I, Who are we to judge? You know, I'm loving it, you know? I was, cool. That's interesting. Like, I'm looking think, at that shirt right now and... I knew you would have to go see it. Well, I knew it, you would. it seems like it's kind of hard to miss, honestly. Like the the shoes are clearly high heels. And no, but not that, if you were just walking by the kid. Sure. Like if, you, if you just had a bag of clothes and you saw, oh, you saw the M, and you just, you know, threw it in. But I, y'all are uh, my y'all second, got this one wrong. My, y'all are in the Bible Belt and all, you know, repressed sexually and all that stuff out here in the in the liberal Seattle where I live. It would be a bigger deal, and you'd get in more trouble for wearing that shirt. But not because of sex. We're sex yeah. positive. It's just if they actually thought you were wearing a McDonald's shirt, you get expelled. <laughs> right. <laughs> that's not. Oh, that's, that's a that's like a, a sex shirt. Okay, you can wear it. So. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, we thought it was, <laughs> McDonald's, thought it was McDonald's. which you'll be God. expelled. Yeah. My uh my second year of teaching, a girl wore a shirt, com- and she said completely innocently, and it basically was the number four, like a jersey. And then at the bottom it said play, and she got suspended <laughs> for that. Oh, and God. she she was super offended because she was just like, "Look, I did not know," and she had actually never even heard of the terminology, which I could I could see like that's not something that a lot of middle schoolers joke around about. Like, it's just not a that's not no. like a really core. Don't quite get the concept exactly. And so she really was, I in my opinion, innocent about it. But they sent her home. People are mean. All right, yeah. that's the damn news. Thank man. you, Tony. Good to be that back. Was great to do. I enjoyed it very much. It is good to be back. Oh, what? This is like a regular thing now? No, oh, that hell was yeah, that was is. once a year. Okay, no, no, no. It's the annual. It's, it's the only thing now. <laughs> Obviously, the ratings just went through the roof. Reva just sent me a text. She said we haven't had ratings like this in, in 
ever. Thank you, Reva, for texting me the ratings. All right. We got a bunch of other stuff to get to. Now, here's what I want everybody to pay attention to, though. The big announcement is that Emory's got tour dates up. Woo! So Emory's coming to the West Coast, going down the West Coast in June. So go to emorymusic.com, and you can get those suckers. That's a big Man, deal. Man, who are we touring with? Is it just us? The band 68, if you ever heard Good. of Good. you got to be shitting me. Yep. The 68's on an Emory tour? How can you, how, who could miss that show? No, I don't think anybody will. Well, I guess some people will. They'll sell out and then those. Their latest album is very uh, Nirvana throwback-ish. It's really good. That's tight, tight, tight. And okay, let me also tell you guys that there's a lot of ways you could support this podcast and it does matter. I know this whole thing's like probably gotten to where it is because of word of mouth. But don't forget to do that. I don't know if, you know, the, yeah. the, the simple things, we don't hardly ever ask for them or think about anymore. But, you know, you can share this or tweet this or if you're not embarrassed. But if you are a chicken, little scaredy cat, embarrassed little baby who's afraid to tell people what they Man, like and listen to. And I'm, I'm only saying this to you because you're still here. This is the end of the podcast. <laughs> and if you've made it in the podcast this far, I mean, yeah, you like awesome. it. <laughs> you know what I mean? You love it. You think it's you really good. It. You think, you think awesome. we're great. And if that, that only makes you a coward for not telling people. Yeah. What kind of person do you want to do be? Do you know what I'm What's saying? Is that, is that that's what I'm trying to message speak here about, about legacy, you and you need to do that. Yeah. And beyond that, if you're not in the BC word. Club, actually, shame on you. You listen to the end yeah. of this boring-ass episode this much, and you like it, and you're a coward, and you don't tell other people, and you're so selfish that you wouldn't even join the BC Club, careful, where you're man. guaranteed to like it I'm, and support careful. the thing that you... I mean, you should be ashamed of yourself. I, oh, yeah. let me guess. You were going to join, but you just haven't got around to it yet. Not everybody feels that way, Matt. <laughs> If you're still listening to this, now if I haven't turned you off in the last 30 seconds of calling you a uh, cheap, loser, coward baby, then you really have no excuse for not joining <laughs> yeah, the Yeah, I agree. I mean, at, this point, it. at this, at this point, point, if, if you're you still hearing hit, me, stop. Yeah. Then this, you really have no excuse. So please join the BC Club. Uh, and and I, I, let me be sincere for a minute. <laughs> no, I'm not going to do that. But jo- the BC Club is a thing, like other things, it is engineered for it to be a place for you to like. It's not just, I mean, it's, it's a, I think paying the money for the media that you consume is a very good idea. And for you, I think you will care more. You'll get more ownership out of it. I do mean that about any podcast. You should have a few shows you support. It doesn't have to be this one. Well, I'll I'll give you you an example, Matt. Like I, uh, you know, I I mentioned this podcast earlier until we made fun of me for listening to only Christian Mm. podcasts, but there's some truth to that. That's all right. But Bible for Normal People is a podcast that Pete Enns does. I've probably only listened to 20% of the episodes, but every time I got a lot out of it. But for me, it was this podcast has got to be helping a lot of people that are like rethinking faith and now hearing other Christians doing the same thing. And so I support that podcast. And that sounds very braggy, but I'm saying that because... When you make this pitch, we actually really do believe in supporting podcasts. And I, the, the, the email that we get the most from our listeners is, thank you guys, I do not feel alone anymore. I thought I was the only Christian that was thinking these sorts of things. Those people, if you can't afford it, I'm just telling you, it feels really, really good to support something that you really believe in. It just yeah, does. Well, you'll mean, if you don't want to do it, don't club. do it. I don't care. So it, yeah, but it's fine. I mean, it's, a, it's good for us is how we... Do do the business and all that, but you also will be in the community, and that part seems to be uh, important or useful or valuable based on the fact that people 
lots of people do it. Three or four percent of our audience does it and likes it and stays in it and the, they stay in the club and they, you know, that's all that, that those all those facts point to the fact that you probably would like it too if you're here. So I, I would ask anybody that's been thinking about joining the BC Club, man, let's go ahead and do it. You'll like it. Yeah, just go ahead and do it. Don't like for me, these for people did. And okay. that is, I want to, I'm swinging that door wide open for you guys to enter into the BC Club. Actually, you already did. You've been doing it for a while. But Karen Simpson, Tyler Graves, Tim Harrison, Alan Blackhawk, that's B-L-A-Q-O-C, Andrew Reno, and Court Nelson. Thank you all for joining the BC Club. And uh, we're pretty sure that you are confident in that decision. Mm. Man. Toby, did you zone out again? Yeah, I was gone. I'm yeah. sorry, guys. <laughs> I'm back. <laughs> 